1: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the intuitive revolution in business and today I have the pleasure of having Fiona McDonough, did I pronounce your name right?
2: Mm -hmm. You have done, yep. You make it sound exotic actually.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well it is for me for sure and I'm sure I know that I have um, an audience all over the world so for some it will be, for some it won't. Um, Fiona, you are in Ireland, aren't you?
2: In the West of Ireland, where hmm, you'd have difficulty believing it was the 1st of July.
1: Oh, well, yeah, we've had some pretty rough weather here as in the West Country, as they like, like to call it. Um, so I'm really thrilled to have you today. And the first question I wanted to ask you is, what is your business about?
2: Uh, so I suppose the... Uh, One one way to encapsulate it all would be to call me a holistic wellness coach, holistic therapist. Um, In my day one-to-one practice, I uh, practice acupuncture, craniosacral therapy, um, a very gentle massage technique. um, And then I have group work where I would do yoga, restorative yoga and with a sound bath, shavasana. That's one of my favorites. Um, that lasts about two hours. Um, I also do one-to-one yoga classes. Um, and I hold uh, what I call luxury sound bath meditations in my clinic, and I've got one on this Friday actually. Oh, that
1: makes me want to fly over and join you. I've never experienced a sound bath, and it's always been oh, on my to-do list. Yeah, they're lovely.
2: I went to my first one about ten years ago. Um, and I don't know. It's funny when you talk about intuition. So I went in and I. I went to go to it and I I said to somebody, what do I wear in this bath? I hadn't got a clue Um, and had the most amazing experience, came out and thought, I want to do that. Um, And it was like one of those things. So for sound bath meditations, I would not class myself as a musician. Yet in a way I am. It's all intuitive play. And what, uh, so what instruments
1: do you use for your sound baths? When I say instruments, obviously it's, It's kind
2: of in between. I don't know. Tell me. Uh, Well, they would be classed as instruments. Yeah. I suppose they'd technically be called sound healing instruments. Um, So I have three different gongs, um, 11 singing bowls, uh, about 12 chimes, or 13 actually, a tongue drum, crystal bowls, rattles, an ocean drum, a pretty box... So in total, I mean, now, as I say, there's 11 singing bowls, for example. So in total, usually I'd play something like 33 instruments in one session. Mm. And I have had some people that would come out of it and say, I thought you had eight arms at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember the Indian goddess who has many arms.
1: Uh, I think it's Kali
2: that's it yeah oh wow and she's great I like her I don't
1: know much about Indian goddess and gods but um, I think I saw Callie recently uh, because of the the ruling in the US and um, there was a meme around to say you know uh, because of course the US they're so religious it was something about you know worship the god and there was it was Callie on the meme anyway I don't know what it was all about um, so do you, do you work in person or do you also do some work online?
2: Uh, yes, I have run meditation classes online. I have done some one-to-one work in life coaching. I would do, practice that as well. Um, and yeah, I would hold uh, in person and um, on Zoom meditation classes and women's circles. Ooh. So usually Celtic, Celtic themed women's circles. Um i hold them with the celtic lunar calendar
1: i see that's interesting i'm trained as a circle holder myself so i think i understand the concept but for those of our listeners who have never heard of circles how would you explain that how would
2: you uh well in i suppose every every circle you would go to would be like every event you would go to the facilitator would have their own kind of twist or stamp on it um I begin and finish mine with um what we class uh, opening and closing ceremony as per druidic tradition of the four directions father sky mother earth and sacred center as in your own heart um and then the uh, there would be a sharing time. We'd be talking about the theme. So, for example, the last one was on the summer solstice. So I was talking about the summer solstice, what that means in our lives. You know, there's always the abundance around us. It's got to do with the male energy, with the sun um, and all of that. So each theme would be slightly different. Um, I would then um, do a guided meditation and semantic, shamanic um, drumming. Uh, so the people would get to journey within that space and then I always love to go to things so this is would be my own personal thing I would always love to go to things where I get to bring something home with me you know it's a it's for me it's a momentum of the event and maybe also I've learned something you know it might be small so I would always do something creative within mine so everybody gets something to bring home
1: okay shamanic again that's another word that might not be very familiar for our our listeners
2: um yeah and look it can it can start a big massive debate too. the word shamanic shaman um it's a shamanic drum uh in ireland our shamans would have been classed as druids shaman is unusually a word that's like associated with native american or um more eastern european maybe russian um i think Personally speaking, and this is, I, I I wouldn't be alone in this, is that shamans to me are people who are connected with probably the other world with is nature-based. It doesn't matter what route they take to get there. Um, but the shamanic drumming is is amazing. Like uh, sitting and listening to somebody drumming for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes, especially with a guided meditation to lead into it. I mean, you don't necessarily need to do it that way. You can sit and listen to shamanic drumming anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I personally love it. I love drumming. End story. I
1: I went once. Um it was it was just surreal and I, I still remember it to this day and it was more than 20 years ago. Probably more like 30. 30. <laughs> um I went to visit a friend in in San Francisco and we went to a party where there was a lot of drumming and it was just amazing. It does create an ambiance and I've, ever since I wanted to be involved never found really something local to me so
2: mm. Well I suppose at, at the very center of drumming isn't it? It's the heartbeat. And it's the first sound we hear in utero.
1: And also, that's something I've never shared with my audience. It's not that interesting, but I've always wanted to be a drummer as a kid. Mm. That's what I wanted to learn. I wanted to be the drummer of the band. And of course, because we lived in the flat in Paris, I was never allowed. (laughs) There was no basement there. There was no, so there was only neighbors. Um, I mean, it's never too late, who knows? Mm. Um, I might get into drumming at some point, but that's always been something that really spoke to me, the drums.
2: Yeah, and I I know quite a, a cold of people that you know not a drum kit per se like a like a, a rock and roll band but you know a a, a standalone drum like an African drum a djembe or something like that and rock up and you just start playing I have a very small one but I have a shamanic drum
1: so what does a shamanic drum just looks like. Mm.
2: Um, I suppose, uh, well, they probably wouldn't be, for you. your listeners may not be familiar with the boweron. So it's a single skinned, it's a circular um, wooden frame and the skin would be on one side with a cross handle on the back to hold it with. And mm-hmm. you would use a beater to yeah. get the draw, to, to play it. So my beater is actually made, handmade by a lady in, who lives up the north of Ireland Um she found a hawthorn stick and it actually has a slight L to it so it's a really nice fit to my hand on the drum and she felted the top of it it's gorgeous Mm -hmm. and hawthorn is the the tree of the fairies. oh
1: now we're talking (laughs) (laughs) okay so what how
2: long have you been doing what you've you're doing now uh so i suppose i would have trained in acupuncture would have been the first part of it and even that would have been so i never i didn't actually go to train in acupuncture i went to go uh to train and been to be a herbalist um and i still would really i i came from co- uh, cooking like i was chefing for years so food is quite an important thing to me and grow my own herbs and all that and i love foraging i think it's awesome the things don't grow on the side of the road for nothing Um, So I've always been very keen to know what I could use X, Y, and Z for. Um, So that kind of uh, was my beginning, and I did a diploma in naturopathy. But in that, we covered many modalities, and one of them was TCM, Traditional Chinese Medicine. And it's one of those things where I was sitting there going, oh, my God, it's so bonkers, but it makes so much sense. And I decided I was going to change to doing acupuncture. And um, so that would have been the beginning. Um, How long am I... I think I'm qualified about 10 years now. Yeah, give or take, about 10 years. So each thing has kind of added on since then. Mm. I like
1: that you started with chefing. I really like that.
2: Well, yeah. I like to eat. That's actually. I love reason. food personally. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, you you know, some people go for a ham sandwich, and I'm going, oh, but I could put this on it. Like, oh, I could have that with it. Oh, I could have this, you know, and it's a ham sandwich with like wah. Yeah. Before i know it's taken me 15 minutes to make it
1: yeah i do that with my silence <laughs> oh lovely no i really like that so what what yeah so you what led you to 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 those studies you touched upon it a little bit but um was there like a defining moment where when you went from being a chef and maybe you met someone or you came across a book what what
2: uh, well I did meet somebody and I subsequently became a mom. and um, I just figured you know it's, it's a tough world chefing and, and being a mom. Um, It's possible uh, but to me the most exciting kind of cooking would be cooking you'd be doing at night and that doesn't really lend very well with small kids. Um, so I thought hmm, I'll give this opportunity to retrain and like I say I've always been interested in Herbs, and I just thought it was fascinating to be able to do something with that. Um, while I have never actually trained uh, as a herbalist, I still make loads of things. Um, uh, and I had an uncle who passed away around the same time as I was beginning to retrain, and um, he was very kind to leave me some money in his will, and I used that to pay for my training, and it was wonderful. That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I always think, I think of him oftentimes and, you know, I look up to the ceiling and go, thank you. Mm.
1: So do you consider yourself intuitive, Fiona? You know?
2: Yes, I would do. Yeah. yeah, I I believe very much. And, you know, those age old sayings like I knew in my heart I should have done or I shouldn't have done. Um God, my gut told me, you know, and I I do think if we can tune into those places rather than using our well, what we class as our big brain, the one on top of our head, um, that we'd probably have, I don't know, perhaps less issues in the world thinking that we should do something rather than feeling it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And and how do you think you receive your intuition? What's the main way that you get it?
2: Um, for me, a sense in my body, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually in relation probably to things I shouldn't do or a, a negative sensation towards something would be I have a, a like almost a visceral recoil, you know, that kind of, oh, no, I shouldn't do that or I shouldn't walk down that street. Um, but in relation to more positive things, It's like I can dream into them. They come to me in a moment when I'm doing something else. And I think that's the magic. When you're focused so much and intently on something, you're using your big brain, uh, in my humble opinion. Um, And you can be so focused that you can't see the wood for the trees almost. So it's like when I'm off doing something out in my garden and I'm looking actually at my poppies this morning, even though I say the weather is miserable, but they're loving it. And it's like when I'm out doing something with that them or the plants or whatever, and I go, "Oh, da, 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 da. oh there's an idea!" You know, it's when you're not wholly focused on something that the magic. And comes.
1: It, it makes a lot of sense, uh, even when you say about the negative feeling in the gut, um, and also when you, it's more like inspiration. Um, I'm I'm going to explain a little bit for our, our listeners because I I love these interviews because. There's so many shades of intuitions and so many different ways that you can receive it. And the more you understand about it, the more you can sort of map out your own intuitive um, terrain. And what happens when you, as you say, when you're doing something else, pottering, is that you get into a state of trance and mm-hmm. people misunderstand the state of trance. They think that you lose consciousness completely, but we actually are in trance a lot of our day when we do things on what I call autopilot. So when you drive, for example, unless you're a very le- a new learner, you have acquired a set of um, you know automa- automatic responses to the car, to your environment, which means that your mind is free to wander to a certain extent. And mm. that's when you're open to receiving intuition, exactly, or creative ideas or whatever you wanna call it. Mm. Um, and, and I think I'd like, I'd really like our listeners to recognize that this is a wonderful way, much better than trying to think about, you know, how, how can I ask a question for my intuition or you ask it and then you go and do something completely different and wait to see what happens and how intuition catches up with you.
2: Yeah. And no, by holding sound bath as well, that would be something, um, I, I have a little sp- spiel a piece that i might say at the beginning particularly if i have anybody who's brand new and that's one of the things i would say it's the meditative state can be entered into in many different ways and one of them is yeah motorway hypnosis but it could be yoga for some one person it could be coloring you know those coloring books that Absolutely. came out here, that's a great place to go like doodling
1: even watch washing dishes works
2: um if yeah exactly
1: if you're able to relax in the process I know my my most surprising technique or I would say activity is um is art um when I started doing mosaics um are quite you know I'm at a higher level than uh, not just as a hobby. I was surprised at how when i when I just dived into the creative process, I completely forgot everything that was happening, never planned any of my pieces, and everything that came out always surprised me so. Um, I'm glad we're able to talk about all these different ways because that's exactly what these interviews are about so thank you for that now the the, the sort of main main course of these interviews is the story of intuition in business so uh, I would love to hear um, defining moment in your business where you received an intuition whether it was negative or positive and how that has impacted the course of your business if you have one to share that would be lovely
2: um well before i came to the clinic space i have now and i've been here for about five years i was in a shared space and um you know the seed was always there that or the idea was always there that i would like to have a place of my own um not that the the shared space wasn't a clinic now or anything it was um a, a local kind of community stroke resource center so i could use a room there i happen to know the people that that ran the place um, so it wasn't really a holistic setup as such. There's nothing wrong with it. It functioned perfectly fine. But, you know, when um, you're constantly thinking, oh, yeah, I need to get my own place. I need to get my own. Yeah, 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 And then I got kind of too busy and they couldn't give me the space and whatever. And I had been looking around. But it's like when I stopped looking, I found the perfect place. It was the most weirdest of things because I would never have found this place because it's actually I'm up on the first floor. So I would never have seen it. There was no sign outside the door. Um, I can't even, I actually can't even remember how it was again. But I, I remember the first day walking in here and the floor originally, well, sorry, the floor, be- the business before me was seven years prior and it was actually a Chinese restaurant and they had the whole floor. Um. So it was all one. So I have the front part. And where I came through was an area now that it has a wall and a cupboard. And I remember just walking in going, ah. Oh lovely because i've got these massive big tall front windows there's all like some of the walls are covered in wood so it's not real clinicy. Mm-hmm. um and i just went ah oh, this is it but i actually genuinely had i been really looking like really searching i, I think i'd have missed this place because i wouldn't have seen it it was just one well, of
1: did those you kind of come to your there was no sign
2: no, there was no sign outside. It was like it crossed my path. That I, If memory serves me correctly, it's funny. You know, I remember walking in the door, I can't remember who told me about this, but, but somebody did. Now, it was with an estate agent, but I would never have thought of going there and finding somewhere. Do you know, it was one of those, it was just a weird, somebody said, oh, there's a building there, you know, and I think it's helpful. And I went, oh, really? Okay, I'll go and have a look. So I've been here for five years and um, I remember driving up the road one day, not long after I paid my deposit, and um, like full of like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be in there, it's great. Yeah. Half an hour later driving the opposite direction going, oh my God, what have I doing, what am I doing? <laughs> um, and you know, I've loved it being here. It's a beautiful space. Um, it really lends to what I do. I think there's energy in the building. You know, there's. I've met loads of people who've told me loads of great stories of wedding, because this used to be a hotel, weddings they were at Grace Kelly once graced, once rested here um yeah just really nice anecdotal personal stories and i just think it, em- it embodies the whole walls and it adds to my space and then i know somebody who said you know since you've been in there i can feel the energy of the rooms have changed because of the fact you know i play my sound instruments or in in the bigger workshop room and um yeah it's just it's like home away from home it's lovely
1: And I quite like that you said that it was a Chinese Mm. restaurant and you're doing the Chinese medicine. It's like, oh. (laughs) That's
2: true. Actually, I never
1: thought about that. Well, you know, that's how, when when you're an outsider looking in, I'm like, ooh, the Chinese was calling you.
2: Yeah. Uh, And the fact that they had all this beautiful wood, it's very 1970s, but I'm I'm a girl from the 1970s. And I just really like it. It just tones it down. It gives it a very earthy feel, which I really like and resonate with.
1: That's really lovely. So I'd like to ask you to tell us where can people find you on the internet if they wanted to learn more about what you do or maybe Um, travel to come and for one of your wonderful sound baths, you know?
2: Well, I do have um, my website, which is my clinic is called Love Clinic. So Love is the Irish word for hand. It's LA Father MH. And I really do believe that Sometimes everybody needs a hand and I work with my hands. So to me, it's, it made perfect sense. So my clinic is law L-A-M-H clinic.ie. And actually I have a recording on there of a professional recording of a sound bath I did a couple of years ago in a, in a um, refurbished cowshed. <laughs> I'd
1: love to go listen to it. So I'll add the link to the, to the description uh, box in the, for this episode. Um, and so we you you explained at the start of this um, this interview that you you can do also individual sessions, including individual yoga session now that I find that um intriguing and interesting.
2: Oh God, yeah, some so I've met a, I've met, I've met a lot of people who would have said, you know they went to a yoga class and oh, I couldn't get up off the floor like everybody else or I went to the yoga class and I, yeah, it just didn't meet some need within them um and yoga class can be wonderful for some people in terms of being in a big group dynamic and for others they just get lost so it doesn't it's it they 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 just don't feel that they're doing it right and it can be very hard for a yoga teacher to monitor everybody in a in a large group um so it came from like people having those conversations with me and i the fact of having one-to-one yoga classes just for you to meet you on that day wherever you're at is phenomenal you know and I have a woman that for example has had surgery on one of her knees when she first came to me she wouldn't have been able to get on her knee at all it was you know for a split second but that was it now she's doing poses on her knee no bother and she feels it in her body you know and We have a laugh and there's a little bit of life coaching in there and there's a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of everything. It's not just a yoga, but it is a yoga class. May, And it's 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 really helping people to tune into your body as opposed to achieving a pose. So your version, we'll say of of, I don't know, like uh, warrior may not be my version because our bodies are different. Our bodies have different abilities, but neither is any less. And there's loads of ways to access poses. I have two ladies that would come. And if I asked them to do a down dog pose on the floor, there wouldn't be a hope in hell. The two of them would put their hands on the floor to try it. Yet they do it on the back of the chair and they achieve exactly the same dynamic in their pose. And it's just as good. So I see the benefit from it. And even if, if somebody does only a one-to-one session, say, six classes and it helps them get over that little hump of going, oh, I don't know enough, or I'm not sure if it's for me. And you know, if you get an awareness of what it should feel like in your body, you just apply that to any class after that. It's mm. wonderful.
1: That sounds wonderful. Really, really wonderful. Um so I reserve the last question um for the end obviously but it's because it's my favorite too. What would you say to someone who is afraid to use their intuition in business?
2: That's an interesting, very interesting question. What would I say to somebody who's afraid to? Your intuition to me is like an inner voice. It's another part of you, perhaps you could say. So that would be like, that would be like cutting off your arm and saying, I don't need that anymore. So to me, that would be a, uh, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't like to say it's a strange thing to do, but to not use your intuition is like not tapping into some inner knowledge. And I think we do often know inside ourselves, you know, what we can do or what we should do, or maybe what would benefit us more. Um, what's the worst that could happen from tapping into your intuition? Mm. That's what I would think. What's the worst that could happen? What's the best
1: exactly i was gonna say let's turn this around oh yeah yeah
2: well these what are the kind of things i would say to my kids you know what's what's the worst that could happen and they go and i go well, what's the best that could happen
1: <laughs> oh thank you so much for coming on the show uh, Fiona. it's been a delight to have you um and i want to thank of course our listeners for coming to the end of this interview Um, You will be able to find all the information uh, about Fiona uh, in the description box. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you, everyone. Ciao for now. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, And if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go onto my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.